Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Scriptures Revealed podcast, and we are going to continue our journey through the book of Titus as we take another look at part two of Are You Living in Denial? riding in your car whatnot on the way to work or on lunch break or whatnot just get these scriptures down so that you can look at them on your own later but we're going over to the book of Titus I started a two-part teaching uh, we're in the middle of a larger series on the book of Titus however I started a two-part teaching a while ago um, and the first part was are you living in denial and so I want to kind of pick up from there close that uh, teaching out and we're going to conclude chapter 2 of Titus in this uh, particular teaching all right so let's go back to Titus and I want to actually go back to Titus chapter 1 uh, we're going to actually be moving through Titus uh, chapter 2 verses 9 through 15 but I want to give us a backdrop into that uh, and to make sure that you know we're we got a good recap and a good understanding of where we're headed so let's look again at Titus chapter 1 and let's look at that last verse verse 16 it says that they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable and disobedient, unfit for any good work. I want us to pay attention here that what we are honing in on is the fact that they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. Are you living in denial? Meaning, are you professing to know him? Are you professing to be a Christian? Are you professing to be a conqueror? Are you professing to be an overcomer? Are you professing to be healed, delivered, and set free? And yet your life denies him. Your life is denying your profession. And a lot of believers are living in, in the reality of this dichotomy. That I go to church, I fast, I pray, I give my offerings, I, 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 I'm listening to all the teachings and the messages, I, I'm listening to, to the Scriptures Reveal podcast, right? But my life is not showcasing what it is that I say I believe and know. The interesting thing about this concept is that Paul says here they profess to know God. That word know is so interesting because it really means I know something presently because of what I seen historically. All right. I know something presently because of what I've seen historically. Or I know something today because of what I seen yesterday. All right. So watch this. This knowledge starts with seeing. It starts with the revelation. It starts with something being revealed. After revelation comes a knowing. And after a knowing should not lead to denial. It should lead to a, 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 a confirming that. Or following after that. So watch this. If I have a problem following God, then Paul is saying the issue is that you don't really know the God you claim to know. Right? Because if you want to follow God, if you want to increase your walk in obedience with him, Paul says it's going to start with you knowing him. And you knowing him is going to start with your revelation of him. 
You know, it's the beauty of what makes Christianity so unique and so different uh, than any other world religion. But the problem is, is that we have taught Christianity like it's just another world religion. But it's not. It's totally different totally different than the other religions of the world and 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 one of the reasons being is everybody human beings are walking the planet choosing to be a part of whatever faith or religion they want to be a part of but they are choosing it based on the ideals that they are that they agree with all right so if they agree with the ideals of this religion then they become that type of follower so if i agree with the ideals of islam then i'll become a muslim if I agree with the ideals of Buddha, then I'll become a Buddhist. If I agree with the ideals of Judaism, then I'll become a Jew. This is how people look at religions, right? They, they, they pick and choose what they want to be a part of based on ideals. However, that is not the basis of Christianity. The basis of Christianity is not about choosing which ideals you agree with. Christianity is built on the basis of a king and his kingdom. It is about kingdom this is not just a religion this is about kingdom and you can't have kingdom without a king and you and, and and you can't have a kingdom without the king having kin so that means that this is about kingdom this is about family this is about expansion this is about conquering this is about conquest that is what christianity is about it's not about you choosing to be a christian because you agree with the christian ideals that are taught Right. So watch this. Christianity does not start with the choosing of the ideals. It starts with knowing God and you know God from seeing God. You have to have a revelation of God because God cannot be known beyond what he reveals. You need to mark that somewhere. God cannot be known above what he reveals. So when I cry out and say, God, I want to know you more. What I'm asking for is give me more revelation of yourself. <laughs> let me see another side of you. Let, let, let me take a take a peek behind your cloak. Let me look behind that veil. Let me see you. Let me let me see. Oh, to see him. Woo. <laughs> Paul put it this way. I can tell I'm getting excited already. Paul said, oh, to taste and see. To taste and see. Why? Because that seeing, that revelation is going to propel me into knowing him. Right? Knowing him. Right? So this is where we end up. Paul is saying, I'm going to help y'all learn how to get your life to look like you've actually have seen him. No, I didn't choose to become a Christian because I like the ideals. I became a Christian because I saw him. <laughs> I heard the gospel message and I saw him. Whew, I heard that he wanted to heal and I saw him. I heard that he wanted to deliver me and I saw him. I heard that he wanted to rescue me and I saw him. I heard that he wanted to get me out of the pit of despair. I saw him. I heard that he wanted to be my prince of peace. I saw him. I heard that he wanted to be the God of all comfort. I saw him. I heard that he wanted to be my provider. I saw him. And when I saw him, I knew him. And when I know him, Paul says, that should lead to you following him. And so we're going to learn some more principles today on how to help our follow, how to help our follow. Now we can go into uh, chapter two. Let's start with verse nine. It says bond servants. This is uh, the English standard version. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. 
They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative. All right, now in order to begin to understand this concept of bond servant, slave, slavery, all of those concepts in the Bible, if you read the Bible as if it is American, you're going to miss kingdom principles, right? Uh, because we've got to begin to separate slavery, slave, bond servants away from the American history of slavery. Because now when we see that word slave or slavery, we immediately connect it to the horrors of slavery in American history. We, we immediately connect it to, to uh, our, our, our women, black women being raped in slavery, to families being torn apart in slavery, men being lynched in slavery, uh, 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 houses burning down in slavery, all of the horrors attached to it. However, that is due to the, to the depravity and the wickedness of the, and the evil that is in men's heart. That was not the concept, the biblical concept of slavery. The biblical concept of slavery was, on, was predominantly based on two, two things. Number one, you became a slave by way of conquest. Meaning that when you get went to war and you began to expand your kingdom and you took over, then some people as you were in war, you killed them. They lost their lives in battle. And then some other people lost their lives by the sword. Some other people lost their lives by, by losing their freedom. And they became workers to those that became their captives, right? So you can become a slave through captivity. However, even that type of slavery was not meant to be demeaning to humanity. <laughs> you, know, you know, God delivered his people from the nation of Egypt because of, of, of the horrors that slavery took on. They had to make brick with no straw and they, they had all these type of tasks and burdens on them. That was not the concept God had in mind for that. It was just it, it was it was it was to be a part of conquest. Right. That's that's one. The other thing about slavery and slavery in, in, the, in the Bible was that you could choose to become a slave. Watch this. And it was an opportunity. Slavery was an opportunity for a certain class of people. So slavery was about a socioeconomic position. It was not about prejudices. It was not about racism. It was not about you being less than me. It was not about you are not as worthy as me. It was not about you not being my equal, right? Slavery was not, biblical slavery was not about somebody not being your equal. It was about a socioeconomic position. What do I mean by that? Is that to, in our society, we have an upper class that's going to be your rich people. That's, you know, in the, that top 1% of the world. These are, these are your rich people, right? That's a class. Then you have your middle class where predominantly Americans uh, fall within that middle class region uh, or whatnot. Uh, and then you have a, a lower class, which is the, the poor. In this lower class, the poor, one of the opportunities for the poor was to voluntarily become a slave. Right. But you so if you were poor, you had an opportunity to say, hey, I cannot take care of myself. I cannot provide for myself. I don't have what I need to provide economically for myself. So I'm going to turn myself over to somebody else to take full ownership of me. And taking full ownership of me, they will now become responsible for my economic position. They will become responsible for my food. They will become responsible for my shelter. They will become responsible for making sure I have clothes. They will become responsible for making sure I never go without. They will become responsible for resourcing my life. 
I in turn will work for them with good works is what they would call it. Good works. I know that sounds familiar if you know your New Testament, but good works is what the slave did for his owner and his master. Christ says voluntarily because the slave, the poor person recognized that I can't do this on my own. So slavery was about codependency. <laughs> it was about codependency for poor people. Right. So so that is the concept you have to have in your mind when you're thinking about slavery and being a slave in biblical context. And uh, you go over to the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. What was Jesus saying? You got to be poor. If you are poor in spirit, it qualifies you to be a servant of God because I'm poor, because I don't have what I need. I can't provide for myself. I cannot take care of myself. I don't want to lean on myself. I don't want to depend on myself. So you know what? I am going to relinquish ownership of me over to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we call him Lord for a reason, because you can't be a Lord without a servant. <laughs> you can't be a Lord without a slave. Yeah, yeah. So, so I call him Lord Jesus, because what I'm saying is I'm poor in spirit. I don't have what I need. I can't make what I need. I can't produce what I need, but I'm going to give myself over to Jesus and let him be my Lord. Let him be my master. Let him be my owner. Right. And then that makes him responsible for resourcing my life and me responsible for doing good works for him. All right. That's that's the partnership that's going on. It does not mean watch this. Remember, I said that slavery wasn't rooted in prejudices or racism or being less than. So I'm not a slave of Jesus because he looks at me as some uh, 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 worm crawling the earth. The Bible says that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. <laughs> so if I had time, I could walk you through the fact that we are uh, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And a part of this brotherhood is the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. The Bible says Jesus did not think it robbery to call himself equal with God. Now, am I saying that we're God? Absolutely not. He is the sovereign one. But we are sovereign under a sovereign. It's why we're able to walk in authority. It's why we're able to have dominion. And it's why we're able to move in power. <laughs> because slavery is not rooted in prejudices. Slavery is not rooted in partiality. It's rooted in a socioeconomic status of being poor. And because I'm poor, I don't want to take care of myself. I'll do you good. I'll do some good works so that you can take care of me and take full responsibility for me. All right. So that's the concept of slavery. Now with that concept, we look at verse nine that says bond servants ought to be submissive to their own masters and everything that comes with the package deal. If you are going to acknowledge that you cannot take care of yourself, then you need to move in obedience. Watch this. Remember I said Christianity is about a kingdom. It's about a kingdom. It's not about choosing the ideals you want to be a part of. So if Christianity is about a kingdom and, and kings are acquiring slaves and servants by way of conquest and people realizing that, hey, they, I, I can't do this on my own. Right. I can't I can't live on my own. I can't provide on my own. I can't heal myself, deliver myself, preserve myself. I can't do this. Then when, with that reality, I understand that obedience is my response to God as a slave, as a slave to him, as a servant of his obedience is it, which means I've got to make and posture my heart that if I want my life 
to reveal that I know him, I've got to obey him. All right? I've got to obey him. Hey, family. Were you enjoying that teaching? I hope you were. It is life-changing. And there's so much more that I have to share. I probably was teaching for about 45 minutes. But I was not able to share all of it on this podcast. If you want the full episode, click the link in the description and join my Patreon family so that you can get the full episode. And once you join, you're going to get full episodes every week. There's no way. Y'all know me. I love the Word of God. So I'm probably going to teach long every week, uh, no less than 45 minutes every week. If you want those full episodes, join my Patreon family so that you don't miss out on any of this good revelation. It is life-changing. It is life-transforming because it's all about the power of the Word. See y'all next week.